Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations. This is the podcast where we talk to staff and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. And I'm super excited for this episode because we're talking to Femi Oalade Coombs in year 12. And if you don't know Femi, then I think you really need to. I'm not exaggerating when I say this is one of the most inspirational episodes we've recorded on the podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Femi is a design, technology and engineering scholar at Whitgift. His passion for coding led him to set up a business called South London Raspberry Jam, which shares his skills and knowledge with other young people. But don't be fooled into thinking this episode is just about coding, not that there's anything wrong with that. Instead, it's about so much more, about carving your space in life, about taking the initiative, about the positive impact parents can have on their children, and about striving ahead in life despite obstacles and challenges. Now, true story, we recorded this episode online and when we finished it instead of continuing with my day I went straight back and listened to it again so if you want to feel inspired motivated dare I say challenged then this is a podcast for you that's all coming up right now so come with me as we step into school and speak to year 12 student Femi Oalade Coombs Femi thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast how are you doing today Thanks for having me, Simon. I'm feeling I'm feeling really good today. Yeah, really up for this podcast. Well, it's great to have you here. I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Well, it's just after lunch, so I'm hoping you've had a bite to eat at lunch uh, at lunchtime. But tell me, are you are you missing any lessons right now? What's what's going on on, on a typical Wednesday for you? Well, you caught me on the perfect day. I only have two lessons today, so um, usually a lot of business work gets done in my free periods. Okay, so you're on a free period right now, so I do appreciate you giving up your time for that. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Have you ever done anything like this before? Yeah, in fact, I, I have my own podcast, the uh, Tech London Advocates Young Entrepreneurs podcast, all about sort of creating a snapshot of the global tech scene and the young entrepreneur space for other young entrepreneurs around the world to create an, an inclusive ecosystem so that you know young people who've got those business ideas who've got those aspirations can link up with other young people from across the world and really get this global collaborative space going fantastic i love this Femi. this is awesome I, I i'm talking to a fellow podcaster in that case so it should be an entertaining episode for sure just tell us a little bit about what you're doing at whitgift at the moment tell us what's happening right now for you in school so well i'm actually doing the uh, international baccalaureate so I'm studying six subjects. Uh, I've got physics, chemistry, and maths as my hires, English, Chinese, and geography as my standards. Also, I'm going to j- jump in straight away and ask you why IB instead of A levels. Then tell us about the benefits for you. Well, for me, I've had my eyes set on the US for university. I want to go to Stanford or MIT because um, obviously they're top universities in the world, amazing, leading in tech. They've got that entrepreneurial spirit, which is what I'm all about. And uh, and also when you go there, you can sort you can pick a range of different subjects to study. And I really like having that interdisciplinary focus. I think it's quite important to be able to link quite a few different things. But yeah, for me, IB just, just suited what I wanted to do. And also I really wanted to continue Chinese, uh, keep on learning that language element of things. And I wouldn't be able to do that with A-levels. Now, a word you've mentioned a couple of times, at least, has been entrepreneur. Where did that come from? Is, is this something in your family or is this something you're just naturally passionate about? Well, I think my mum's always had a real can-do attitude and that's that's transferred across to me, definitely. I mean, me and my mum kind of started our very first business when I was seven, um, going around doing sort of like jewellery at Fates and um, sort of getting, you know, people, including boys in particular, to, to come and make 
jewelry and make it really cool and, and do it in a way that I felt comfortable. And I sort of discovered tech with my mum when I was eight, nine, and uh, we set up our own coding events. We actually set, I set up my first business when I was 10. And uh, more recently, when I turned 16, I set up a, a second business so that I could be the managing director. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Um, and why coding? I mean, wh where did that idea come from? Yeah, so, um, well, actually, personally, I discovered coding after I got dragged down to a, uh, a maths conference up in York. And uh, my mum brought me there as an eight-year-old. You can imagine I got a bit bored over the course of the day she's uh she's she was a teacher at the time and so it was, it was more of an educational conference and i spotted in the corner minecraft on some of the computers and i was like i'm gonna go over there i'm gonna play some minecraft and i actually found out that there was a workshop where you could hack minecraft and make it do different things that you wanted to do using using coding using python and so that immediately that had me hooked as an eight-year-old and uh my mum, she went and did a couple of upskilling things and she was asked to run some events in the community and she was like, you know what, if I'm going to run it, I'm going to teach Femi how to do it and he's going to come along and run it with me. And we ran quite a few events in the community and I really found a passion for coding. And then that kind of progressed and I really wanted to share that passion with other young people. And the year before we discovered coding when I was seven, I was actually diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome, which is where you do involuntary movements and actions. And, you know, it's something that I really wanted to share with other young people with Trex or like, you know, like me Trex or, or autism as well in an environment where they felt really safe and able to do that. And uh, that's why we set up South London Raspberry Jam, which ran inclusive coding events in South London for about five years. Really, really successful events. We had, you know... We have really great fun, to be honest. We we ran it at the library. We crowdfunded for it, actually, which was a real challenge, but ultimately a really great experience. Awesome. Now, talking of coding, I'm thinking that some of the people listening to this, they might be parents or or even grandparents, actually, of a, of a certain generation. And their idea of people who do coding might be that you sit in in a, in a basement at your mum's house, regardless of how old you are. You you eat Cheetos, you drink Coke all day, and it's not a very kind of a healthy lifestyle. Refresh us, though. Tell us what coding what or what the world of coding is actually like. Okay, I mean, I'd say you know what. Over lockdown, I really personally, I really discovered what the world of coding is actually all about. So during lockdown, I'd well, we'd set up a community group called the Young Coders Meetup just before lockdown. And uh, when we went into lockdown, we had to go virtual. And as a young community, we're all youth led and we decide as the young people, there's a couple of other young coders and we decide together what we want to do. And uh, we went, you know what? It's lockdown. We've got some spare time. We're doing homeschool, you know, or virtual school let's enter a few hackathons and so we did we entered the uh the nesta longitude explorer prize and also the teens and ai youth versus covid global ai hackathon and uh i kind of really discovered what what it's actually about and it is surprisingly much more than just the coding you, you've got the coding on one side which is you know it, 
it is about making something. It's about sitting down and, and writing out the code, but it's just as much about the design elements of it and the design thinking, thinking about you know the user journey and the user's experience as they go through something that you're trying to make. You know, it's, it's also about designing that, that front-end side of things, making sure that it looks nice, people can engage with it, but it's also accessible, which is really, really key. And having those inclusive design principles at heart as you're writing the code also from a business perspective you've got to, you've got to have really strong sort of understanding of the business side of things when you're creating an app because you know ultimately creating an app or coding an app it is business you know um but also importantly and i think this is the bit that sometimes people get a bit mixed up you've got to have really good social skills as well you know, the pitching, being able to explain what's happening in your code, being able to work with different people in your team and manage, you know, different, I guess, different personalities, different characteristics. And as a leader of the groups, uh, when we're doing our hackathons, that was a real challenge for me. So actually, I, I'll tell you, in, in one of the hackathons, um, the, the Nesta Longitude Explorer Prize, we were creating an app that, um, that tried to translate single sign language signs single British sign language signs into written English using computer vision. So essentially someone would be able to uh, to get their mobile phone, point it at themselves, they'd do a British sign language sign and it translate it into a single written English word. It was actually to help one of our deaf young coders who was within our group and, and support him with his sort of English vocabulary learning so that he could do um, different vocational courses. What we actually found was was that as a group, we we slightly started to to fall into the stereotypical you know roles within the within the tech industry of, of the boys doing the coding and doing all of the you know the hard typing out stuff and doing the back end and, and the girls ending up writing the business model and, and doing the designing. And actually, as a leader of that group, I kind of had to take a step back at that moment and and really realise. You know, we've got to challenge those those gender stereotypes and switch things around, and it was really challenging for me, as a coder at heart, from from where I, I came from from the past, you know, four years before that I've been coding. Mm -hmm. It was quite challenging for me to take a step back and say, you know what, actually, the girls in the group have got to also do some of the coding, right? They've got to get that experience, and I equally need to have the experience of doing the design elements and doing the business elements and so we had to switch it and uh, for the last two weeks we switched it and the, and the girls did all the coding and me and the other boy in the group went and looked at the design and uh, the business model and uh, in the end we ended up as finalists we didn't quite get through to winning but it was actually a really important experience as part of our community. Well, coding and tech is much more than just sitting in your, you know, in your basement on a computer all day. It is actually about, you know, the the wider, I guess, the wider scope of things. You know, the design element, the social elements, the team working elements. You can't do these things alone, especially with the scale that tech's on now and the coding things. You know, you, you just simply can't do it alone. You have to work within a community. Now, you just mentioned design. Now, I believe that you're a design technology and engineering scholar. Is that right? I am, yeah. So what does that actually mean for anyone listening to this who, who doesn't know what that means? Yeah, so, God, design technology and engineering could be a total range of things. Um, for me, it's more the tech side of things. So the coding elements, um, 
and, and I guess physical computing, which is where I entered sort of, well, which is where I started doing like workshops on, you know, LEDs and making circuits and, and physically using like breadboards to build out circuits from a computer and, and code them to do different things. But actually my brother um, comes to school at Whitgift and he's also a DT scholar. And for him, oh, okay. For him, it, it's much more about, you know, the hands-on making. And uh, he actually upcycles old skateboards into oh, nice. stools. Okay, yeah. Which is really, really cool. And um, we have a local makerspace um, close to us in Herne Hill. And obviously, actually, the school is is looking to, to become a makerspace and, and allow pupils to come and use the, the uh, equipment to make their own projects. But... For my brother, it's it's much more about you know hands on getting on the sawing, you know doing the filing down, doing the sanding down of different things. Whereas for me, it's more the electronical side. I think that just shows the, the versatility of design, technology, and engineering today. No, I love that. That sounds really really good. That sounds really good. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the South London Raspberry Jam. What even is that? Enlighten us. Tell us all about it. So South London Raspberry Jam is a community group that I set up with my mum we co-founded it back in 2015 oh, um, to okay. share my passion for what well, to share to share our joint passion for coding with other young people who might not otherwise be exposed to technology and in particular we had a focus on being neurodiverse and, and welcoming young people with autism or like me Tourette syndrome and really it was a chance for us to create an inclusive environment where young people from all backgrounds doesn't matter you know they're whether they've got, you know, Tourette's autism or, or different types of neurodiversity, it doesn't matter who they are, they can come along to an inclusive environment and, and you know, get exposure to what coding is about and, and start to demystify some of those misconceptions. And, you know, it, it was actually really great. We, we always had like a little breakout room with loads of snacks for, for people to go in if they felt a bit overwhelmed or, you know, we had, we had like iPads with Minecraft on, and uh and doing different lots of different sessions you know physical computing um sort of learning of computational um method, methods and things like that through games but yeah a, a range of things and we actually we ran it for about five years and it stopped just before lockdown because we we kind of pivoted towards more of a, a link between entrepreneurial and coding things because they now very much go hand in hand but um yeah, it was a really great experience. And, and off the back of that, we realized that some young people came to every single event wow. uh, that we ran. And we started to kind of spot a, a bit of a community there. And we decided, you know what, let's set up a, a smaller group of, of young people who've come to every single event. And let's do, you know, some of our own projects together. So we set up a um, the, the South London Raspberry Jam Pioneer Group. And um, we actually ended up entering the um, European Space Agency's AstroPi oh, project. Nice. Okay. And uh, we we got highly commended, and we got our co-run on the International Space Station's Columbus module, which was epic. Yeah, you know, a group of us twelve-year-olds had, had written some code that actually got ran on the space station. No way. Uh, which was an amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> It was, um, it was collecting the, the frequencies of the Columbus module and it made a music score 
out of it, which we, well, we have planned to send back to the astronauts and have them listen to, you know, what space actually sounds like. Wow, that, that sounds incredible. I was about to say you must feel very proud about all of this that you've done so far, but I'm kind of getting the impression already that you sort of don't have time to feel proud because you're just forging ahead. You're you're sort of working out what you're going to do next. I do look back at the stuff that I do and I just think, what were we doing? It would be crazy to go out on, on a whim and do this. You know, for example, actually, um, in 2018, me and my mum, we crowdfunded to go to Bangladesh to teach street kids to code over there. And uh, it was crazy how, how the whole opportunity came about. My mum met this person who was part of a NGO over in, um, in Bangladesh called Cafe, which uh, computers are free for everyone. And they did like coding courses over there and got sort of young street kids um, and, and taught them how to code to a point where they could actually, you know, go and, and get a job and really support their families, um, which life-changing, amazing, some of the stuff they were doing. But my mum met this guy one time and they were like, oh, you know, it'd be great if, if we came over and ran some workshops in Bangladesh. Mm. And then it happened, you know, five months later, we were over in, um, in Dhaka and um, teaching street kids to code and select as well. And we spent two weeks over there. We taught over 220 young people to code and also university students and yeah you know, I, I do kind of think that you know sometimes we're a little bit crazy but it's about having that can-do attitude right it's, it's about not really not setting the boundaries and, and just seeing where you can push it having the aspirations and, and really going for it you know, when you get an opportunity, going for it and, and seeing where it can lead to. Fermi, real inspiration. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I'm loving all of this. I really am. You've mentioned Tourette's syndrome at least two or three times. Tell us a little bit about that and, and how the school supports you with that as well. Yeah, so uh, I was diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome when I was seven. And uh, essentially what it is, is, is where you make uh, involuntary movements or sounds. Um, and obviously you can't really control them. Um, my Trex is quite mild, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I've I've been been doing some really awesome work with Trex Action, and uh, they support young people with Trex in the UK. And they do like camps every year. And I, I've gone down there and I've run workshops, um, robot workshops for other young people with Trex. And it is a really great community that's there um, that you can tap into. And I guess at school. Yeah, it hasn't really come into my life at school that much. I guess when I was in year six, it was there a little bit. And my form tutor was, was really great, great support. And I actually did uh, did like a couple of form presentations on it. And uh, it's really awesome when, when the other young people in your, in your form, in your year group are really supportive. And um, it always helps. I have this presentation that I remember doing and... Um, it was about like different famous people who, who've had Trex or OCD that's kind of linked to Trex. And you know, you've got the likes of, of Mozart and, and David Beckham. And it's always cool when you can kind of relate to these people as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And then outside of coding, outside of everything else, what do you do to relax? What do you do when you're, when you're not at school, when you're not coding, when you're not building entrepreneur empires? What, what does Femi do? Well, I'm an avid hockey player. Absolutely love my hockey. Um, okay. I just recently just recently got into the England under eighteen hockey squad. 
which was a really amazing experience. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, Femi? I mean, you know, if, if anyone I've, I've been speaking to is going to do this, it's going to be you. Thank you. But yeah, no, I, I love my hockey. It's, it's always been a great sort of discharge for me. You know, I, I do all of these different things and obviously it can be quite stressful. Mm-hmm. And I just get out on the hockey pitch, forget about it and have some fun with my mates. And so, yeah, hockey has always been that sort of release for me. Um, I I used to play the cello. I don't quite do it anymore because I, I don't have enough time to really progress in it properly. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but that that was also a really, really, you know, fun thing that I really liked to do and have that sort of musical, I guess, to be in touch with my musical side as well was, was really interesting. But of course, just like any other teenagers, I, I watch my Netflix, I... Um, you know, I, I play video games. I've got my social media. That's awesome. That really is. Femi, I'm keeping an eye on time and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I can hear some kind of bell going off in the background. So I think you probably need to go. But thank you so much for being here. It's been really good talking to you. I really appreciate you giving up your time, especially on a free period on a Wednesday afternoon. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. It's great meeting you. So that was Femi Owalade Coombs coming to us today from Whitgift. Didn't I say you'd feel inspired? What an impressive person Femi is. A real privilege to have spoken with him. Thank you again, Femi. I really appreciate you being here. And I think we'll all be watching out for what you do in your future life. Don't forget to keep in touch with the school after you've left. I think the younger students there will continue to learn from you for a long time after you've gone. Now, you might be listening to this episode on Apple or on Spotify, and maybe you haven't clicked the option to follow or subscribe to this podcast channel yet. So if that's you, then do consider doing that now. It just means you won't miss future episodes. Speaking of which, our next episode is coming out soon. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this one. Bye for now.